All right, we are going to begin a two-week series this morning on Jonah. Now, I know I have preached on Jonah, gosh, probably three or four times uh, since we've started uh, the church. Uh, the last time I spoke on Jonah, well, I think it was in 2015. Many of you, I don't know how many of you were here, but I promise you're going to learn something new. I'm not just digging up an old message and, 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 and sharing the same thing, but there is so much to learn from the book of Jonah, so much from this, this story. Uh, and if you want to go ahead and turn there, you can turn in the Old Testament to Jonah. If you have trouble finding Jonah, just look for Obadiah. It's right next to that. But if you don't have your Bible with you, we will be putting scriptures on the screen here in just a few moments. But when you hear the name Jonah, what comes to your mind? A whale or a big fish. We, we, we recognize this name as, as a man who was swallowed, who rebelled against God, who was swallowed by a an enormous fish, a whale, who uh, lived in the belly of this whale for three days, and then God had the whale spit him up on dry land, and, and he went about to do what God had originally called him to do, and he just he lived to tell about this horrific story in his life. And while that may be true, all of those events are true, there is so much more to this story of Jonah than just those events. As a matter of fact, there are some, some life lessons, some principles some practical applications that all of us can glean from this and apply to our lives to be better people, to be better Christians, to be better people of God, and be a better example to the world of what it looks like to truly follow God. Now, uh, Jonah, for those of you who may not know, he was a prophet of God, which means that his role was to communicate messages that he would hear from God to people. And more often than not, this message that was given to him to communicate would either be in the form of a blessing or a judgment upon a group of people or upon a place or upon an individual. And in this particular reading that we're about to read in Jonah chapter number 1, God had told Jonah to go and pronounce judgment on the wicked city of Nineveh. So let's, let's read this together. Jonah chapter number 1. Verses 1 through 3, the Bible says this, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittiah. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction. Everybody say, uh-oh. To get away from the Lord. Can I just tell you, just stop right there and give you some wise practical advice. It is not wise to try to run away from the Lord. There is nowhere, matter of fact, the Bible tells us, I believe it's in the book of Psalms, David was saying, God, there's nowhere I can go to get away from your presence. Nowhere. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board. Look at this hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Now, we're just going to stop there, and I want to highlight this. He went down to Joppa, and he bought a ticket, and he went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord, specifically hoping to get away from what God was telling him to do. And with that last sentence there, I want, I want to preach to you this morning on the subject, unwelcome assignments. <clears throat> unwelcome assignments. Let's pray this morning that God would speak to us. Father, Lord, we are so thankful for, once again, your goodness to us. We're thankful, Lord, that you're a gracious God who loves us unconditionally. 
We're thankful, Lord, that you're a God that's real, Lord, that we can experience your presence and that we can feel your presence. God, we're, we're living proof today of your goodness and of your grace. Lord, you have saved us. You have rescued us as we've just sung about. Lord, you've called us out and that we're children of God this morning. And we just, we, we want to trust you more, Lord. We want to be more faithful to the call that you have on our lives. God, we want to be... Um, humbly accepting of all assignments that you give us. But God, we struggle sometimes when the assignment is difficult. So I pray that as I preach this message today, as we look at examples in the Bible, God, that you would give us the boldness to say yes to things that may be difficult that you're calling us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, they say that confession is good for the soul, so I just want to confess some things to you this morning. And I've shared some of this before, but for some of you it's going to be new. For others of you, it'll just freshen up your memory, but confession's good for the soul, and I have to confess that there have been times where I have made excuses to get away from certain people, or to get out of a conversation. Um, There have been times where I have received those pretend phone calls, or those pretend texts, and say, man, I'd love to stay and talk, but man, I, I gotta go. There have been times where I have used Um, truthful yet shady excuses as to why I couldn't hang around. For example, truthful part one time was I said, you know, I got to go because I got to go pick up my daughter. That was a truthful statement. The shady part was I didn't need to pick her up till like another eight or nine hours. I, while I'm confessing, I have gone to places that I felt obligated to be. Didn't really want to go. But I went there anyway. With a premeditated reason to use for why I needed to leave. Now don't, don't judge me. I know that you have done the same thing as well. Okay? Since confession is good, how many of you have made up excuses before as to why you couldn't hang out and talk or why you needed to go or why you couldn't come? Okay, see, look at that. Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive us, for we have failed you. But we've used these excuses. Why? Because we were somewhere that we didn't want to be. We didn't want to be there. Whether it was boring, awkward, uncomfortable, uneasy, or unwelcoming, maybe it was an assignment that we were on that we just didn't want to have to do. We made up an excuse as to why we didn't want to be there. We wanted out. Everybody say, I want out. You know, there are many things in this life that we find ourselves wanting out of. Let me just throw out a few. Contracts, leases, relationships, loans, timeshares, work, at jail? <laughs> wow, that was odd. But, but all of these really can be respons- can be uh, summarized, maybe except for the last one, you really threw me off there, can be summarized with one word, responsibility. I want out of this responsibility. I know I signed this contract, but I want out. I know I said yes, and I do, and I will, but I want out. I know I agreed to this, but I want out. And it's one thing to make an excuse, and and maybe we can justify the excuse of why we want out when it's something that we got ourselves into. But it's a whole other situation when it's something that God is asking us to do. And we're hesitant or reluctant. God, I, I really don't want to do that. 
When God asks you to do something, at that point, your excuses are irrelevant. There's no way to justify it. God calls you or asks you to do something for a particular reason. Fortunately, the story of Jonah gives us an example this morning of what not to do when God gives us an unwelcome assignment. Now, as a prophet, Jonah was used to hearing the Lord's instruction. On a regular basis, God would speak to him and he would communicate the message to people. And he, w- he was used to that. And, and, and really from what I can gather in Scripture and from the best that we know, Jonah up until this point was faithful of doing what God would call him to do. Doing exactly what God would ask him to do. Okay, God, you want me to do this? No problem. You want me to say that? Okay, no problem. You want me to go talk to them? Okay, no problem. But this was a different scenario. God told him, I want you to go to Nineveh and pronounce judgment upon this wicked city. And Jonah was like, like, "Um, I don't think so. That is something that I'm not sure that I want to do. And he refused to go where God was sending him to go. And not only did he refuse to go, he ran in the opposite direction to get away from what God was calling him to do. In other words, God, I don't want any part of this. If you want me to go over here, God, I don't have a problem with that, but I am not going to Nineveh. I ain't doing it. Not going to do it anywhere but there. Now, I'm going to be bold and honest, and this may hurt, this may sting, this may cause some uncertainty in your walk with God, what I'm about to say, but I don't know how many of you have come to this place in your life, yet or not, in your your walk with God, rather. I don't know how many of you have come to this point, but there's going to come a time In your walk with God, when God is going to ask you to do something that you feel is very difficult, or He's going to ask you to go somewhere that you're not sure that you can go, and you're going to be hesitant to go. You're going to be a little apprehensive. God, I don't know about that. Yes, God, I did this, I did this, I've been faithful, but God, I I don't know about that. We talked last week about baptism. There's steps and chapters in our walk with God that we complete and we grow in our relationship. And the more that we grow, the greater the responsibility that God asks of us. Greater callings and higher things and stretching our faith even more. So there's going to come a time in your walk with God. Some of you may have already experienced that. And just because you've experienced it once, don't think that, you're, that you've crossed over, that you've made it. There's going to be other things that God's going to ask of you or call you to do that maybe your first thought will be to run. No, God, I don't want any part of that. It's too hard. It's too difficult. See, Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because he was afraid. If you're familiar with the story, you know he was afraid. He didn't want to go to Nineveh because the Bible says it was a wicked city. He was afraid of the people. As a matter of fact, history tells us that the Ninevites, when they conquered people in battle, they would literally skin the people alive. They would cut off the heads of their enemies and pile them at the city gates. They would cut off the hands and and cut off tongues and cut off ears so that their enemies could no longer do battle. I mean, we're talking about wicked people, people that wanted to hurt you. And these were the people that God is telling Nineveh, or God telling Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go to these people and preach to them and tell them they need to repent. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm just going to be honest. I like to call myself a strong Christian. I like to call myself very faithful. God, I'll do anything. But I've got to be honest with you. If God was asking that of me, I might be responding the exact same way that Jonah responded. God, I don't know about that. 
Have you read the newspaper lately, God? Have you seen what they do to people? I mean, you, you heard about so-and-so, right? You can imagine that what's going through Jonah's mind when God tells him, go tell these people to repent. All of us would probably do that. God, I'll do anything but that. God, tell, I'll even serve in kids' church, God, but I'm not doing that. Or maybe, maybe we would ignore it as though we really weren't hearing from God. Let, let me just talk about this for, for a moment. It's amazing to me how clearly we hear God speak when it's something that we're interested in. When it's something that favors us. Oh yeah, yeah God, I hear you. And, and it's amazing the confirmations that we get when it's something that we want, that we're truly inspired to do. For example, maybe something like this. Oh, honey, man, you are never going to believe this. Yesterday I was over at Walmart and I made a purchase and the cashier gave me back change. And when she gave me back change, there were three quarters. And one of the quarters was the state of Florida. And God, I just, or, honey, I just know that that's where God is calling us. He's calling us to Florida. I know the other two quarters were Idaho and Kentucky, but those are really irrelevant. Florida is where He wants us to go. And plus, on the way home, I was listening to the radio. You know, I was listening to Kiss in 96. And I heard Kenny Chesney singing about the beach. And that's, that's just further confirmation that that's the Word of the Lord speaking to us to move. It, it, come on, you know what I'm talking about. When, when you really are looking for a Word from the Lord and you really want Him to, to affirm something that's in your heart, I mean, a doorbell could be affirmation. Yes, Lord. <laughs> I hear you. Your alarm clock, which goes off every morning, by the way. Yes, Lord, I receive that word. But isn't it funny how we don't hear that or we ignore the voice of the Lord when He's asking us to do something that we really don't want to do? We pretend like, eh, you know, that's not really God speaking. We tune out His voice or we, we run from it. Or, or we get busy doing something else for the Lord in hopes that he'll change his mind about the other calling. You know, there's so much that we could read into this story uh, of Jonah that, that maybe, maybe, and I'm preaching today so I can use my imagination and creativity, but maybe him going to Tarshish was his way of saying, God, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll go preach to people. I'll go, to, I'll go do it in Tarshish. Which, which that's fine. It's fine to go preach to people in Tarshish, had God not asked him specifically to go to Nineveh. Let me just be transparent with you about this. There are some times when I don't like when God is specific. I would much rather God be vague and let me fill in the blank as to what he wants me to do or as to where he wants me to do it. For example, I know God's will is for me to preach to lost people. I know God's plan and God's call upon my life is to win lost people to Christ. So if He leaves it open and, and vague and lets me fill in the blanks, well, I'm going to find some stranger on the street that I don't really know. I have no problem talking to them and trying to win them to Christ. As opposed to maybe trying to reach a lost family member. It's a lot more difficult to do that, isn't it? Or, or maybe, I know that God wants me to practice forgiveness, so I'll forgive the person, the idiot, the moron, who pulled out in front of me this morning and made me late to work. Rather than dealing with the bitterness that I'm harboring in my heart towards my coworker. 
See, we don't like, I don't like it sometimes when God is specific. Now, I know God wants me to forgive, and I can practice forgiveness, but when God specifically says, I want you to go forgive your coworker, I know that God wants me to reach lost people, and it's one thing to go practice preaching to people who, who are lost, who I don't know, and talk to them because maybe you'll never see them again. But when God specifically says, I want you to go talk to your father-in-law today, I want you to go talk to your brother today, I want you to go talk to your cousin today, it's a lot more challenging, isn't it? Those are assignments that maybe we shy away from. But God is specific because He's compassionate and caring towards the people that He's sending you to. You see, God is he's concerned about the one. We know the Scripture. We sing the song. He'll leave the 99 who are righteous and have never strayed away to go find the one. God is concerned with that individual. He doesn't see people as types. He doesn't say, okay, well, that's that's a type of person, so just go talk to them. He sees people as individuals, and He's wanting you to specifically go to that person. And He wanted Jonah to go specifically to Nineveh because He wanted them, the Ninevites, to repent, lest they would be destroyed. This is why when when God calls us to go somewhere that is difficult for us to go or do something that is difficult for us to do, we have to learn to dismiss our feelings of risk and discomfort and embrace God's plan for redemption. If we're not careful, we'll let risk and discomfort keep us from obeying God's instructions. Because, well, I, you know, I don't really feel comfortable doing that. That's, that's a little too challenging for me. What, what, about, what if I fail? What if this happens? And we let risk and, and discomfort get in the way of following through with God's plan for redemption of mankind. As a matter of fact, I read this this week. You might want to write this down. Our comfort zone is one of, if not the greatest enemy to obeying God. Our comfort zone. Because we're people who put a high priority on being comfortable, right? We want to feel comfortable. We, we don't like being uneasy. We don't like risk. We like our happy. This is where I feel happy. This is where I feel safe. This is where I feel comfortable. We've made comfort our highest priority. As a matter of fact, anything that involves risk or discomfort, the natural thing to do is to shy away from it. We oftentimes think that everything has to feel good or be fun if we're supposed to do it. Well, if God wants me to do that, He'll, he'll, he'll cause me to feel good or he'll, he'll, he'll make it fun or enjoyable. But there's a problem with that statement. We've made following God and God's plan about us. We, we've, we've made it all about us. We've forgotten the bigger picture. It's not about our feelings. The assignments that God gives us in life are not about how we feel about the situation. It's not about our comfort. It's not about favorable circumstances. It's about God's plan for winning souls to His kingdom. And oftentimes that means making you feel uncomfortable so that you'll learn to rely on God even more. And that's difficult, isn't it? Because we like comfort. I think Jonah liked comfort. See, going to Nineveh was going to be a risk for Jonah. He was going to be uncomfortable. He didn't want to go. It was going to be too risky. He could lose his life. But what he forgot to realize was that God was going to be with him. Yet instead of accepting the assignment, Jonah ran away. 
Instead of going to Nineveh, he ran in the opposite direction. He found a boat headed to Tarshish, which according to my maps is a thousand miles away, thousands of miles away. And what I see from this is Jonah was looking for an easier mission field. I don't want to go to Nineveh. I'll go to Tarshish because things may be easier in Tarshish. I can still do God's work in Tarshish. I can still preach to people in Tarshish. They're not near as wicked and evil as the Ninevites. I'll still do what God wants me to do. He was probably thinking that if I can just get to Tarshish, things will be better. God's not going to ask me to go to Nineveh if I'm a thousand miles away. He'll change his mind and he'll ask me to do something else. If I can just get to Tarshish, things will be different. You know, as I, as I ponder this thought, I think that there's a lot of people who have a, a mythical Tarshish in mind. Some place in their minds where the grass is greener, the flowers are prettier, <laughs> birds sing more clearly. It's just it, problems don't exist. Tarshish. You know, maybe it's another job. Maybe it's a different home, living in a different location. Maybe it's a different spouse. In your mind, things would be better if I was in Tarshish. You know, discontentment, it always makes us want to run from our present circumstances. When we feel discomfort, when we feel uneasy, our notion is to run from what's presently going on. And we, we go on a search to find Tarshish. We're no different than Jonah. It may look a little different, but we're the same as him. When God gives us something that's challenging or uneasy or unwelcoming, we want to find an easier calling. We want to do something that's not such a a great risk. To find a place where we can be comfortable. Oh, I'm comfortable doing this. I'm content doing this. But what we're doing is when we're going away from God's calling is we're running from what God wants us to do. We're running. And, And maybe... Let me just let me clarify. Let me, let me try to bring in all audiences here. Maybe it's not so much that you don't want to go where God is sending you. Maybe there's a fear of how can I make it there? God, how, what, what about finances? What about this? God, what, what if I fail? What, what if this happens? And it's, you're playing the what if game in your mind. It's not so. You'd love to go there, but you're pondering how's this going to happen? What about situations? What about. Where I am right now, what's going to happen here? What's going to happen to my family? Many times, just like Jonah, we run from what God is calling us to do. And if you go on and you read even just the remainder of chapter number one, you're going to find that what God is saying to Jonah is, Jonah, you can run, but I am not going to bless your rebellion. I thought of a a pretty neat little saying. I think it's pretty neat. Of course, I'm kind of a, a cheesy guy, so you might not think it's that neat. But something that I feel that God laid upon my heart was that God's not going to bless you in Tarshish when you're supposed to be in Nineveh. But see, we don't realize that. We think that as long as, as I'm doing something from the Lord, I'm going to be okay. But Jonah, was, he was, he was, gonna, he was still going to be a prophet in Tarshish. But God wasn't going to bless that. As a matter of fact, if you read this story, God made his life miserable because he ran. And not only did he make his life miserable, but he made the lives of those around him miserable. 
you know the story. He gets on a ship, and the ship is I mean, about to be shipwrecked, and the storm taking place. And Go home and read it. Read it this week. Get familiar with it. And the storm didn't cease until they threw Jonah overboard because Jonah said, I, I'm the cause of this because I'm running from the Lord. I think there's people everywhere today that want God's blessings without following through with God's assignments. But it doesn't work that way. Following through with His assignments set us up for His favor. Obeying God's instructions set us up for God's blessings. We, we can't expect to go just do anything and expect God's blessings to be upon us when God has specifically said, go do this. And I believe that there are many people today who are missing out because they have feel that the, sign, the assignment that they've been given is too difficult. God, I can't do this. And so we run. And now we're miserable. We're, our, our ship is being tossed to and fro. Our situations, it seems like that everything that, our, that, our, that we get involved in is just a, is a, is a mess. We're miserable. It's because we're running from what God has called us to do. And the point that I want all of us to see this morning is this, that, that when God gives us an unwelcome assignment... Though it may be difficult, though it may be hard, though you may feel uncertain about it, though it may be risky, your responsibility is to accept it and trust that God is going to work things out. And that can be hard. But God is a faithful God. God, the Bible says that His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His understanding goes way beyond our understanding. We can't comprehend what God has planned. I think about Abraham when he's marching little Isaac upon the hill. He had no idea how that God was going to provide. But he trusted God. And he was faithful. And he gets all the way to the point to where he's thinking, Oh my goodness, God, you've got to come through. And God comes through. God had it all worked out ahead of time. And what you need to know this morning is that God is calling you to a difficult place. God is asking you to do something difficult because He wants to reach people through you. He wants to save people through you. He wants to heal people through you. He wants to restore people's families through you. He wants to use you to do incredible things, but if you're fearful for what God is calling you to do, God can't reach those people. God's looking for people who will be obedient to His call, regardless of how difficult that it may, say, may seem, that they're going to say, God, here I am, send me. I'll go. Yeah, I may lose my life, but God, I'm going to go. I trust you. But you have to be obedient. You're going to feel uncomfortable because unwelcome assignments usually involve risk or danger. But what we have to remember is that when God gives you a job to do, He will always give you the ability to complete the task. He's a faithful God even when it looks impossible. That means that we have to learn to trust Him greater than we ever have before. I'm already nervous about this because usually when God gives me a word like this to preach, He's about to do something in my life. <laughs> Honey, get ready. I have no idea. But I... In closing this morning, I want to ask this question. I want to ask this question. I want you to... I want you to tune in for, for just a moment. We're, we're about done, but I want you to tune in to what I'm about to ask you. The question this morning is this. Where is your Nineveh? 
Where is your Nineveh? Where is it that God is asking you to go? That may be making you feel a little apprehensive this morning, a little uneasy, a little scared. Maybe He's speaking to some of you about going back to school. Maybe He's speaking to some of you about moving and starting a ministry. Maybe He's speaking to some of you about going overseas on a missions trip. I don't know. Where is your Nineveh? Where is God asking you to go this morning? Or or maybe it's not where, but rather what. What is your Nineveh? What is it that God is asking you to do this morning that has you fearful? That has you nervous? That has you on the edge of your seat? God, God, I can't do that. Maybe He's asking you to share your story and your your personal testimony with your neighbor. Maybe He wants you to to lead a small group. And if God is speaking to you about that and you have questions, come and speak to pastors. Jerry and Don Masters up here are care pastors. Maybe God's dealing with you about adopting a child. Wow. Now that's a Nineveh. Maybe God's calling you to full-time ministry and you're nervous and you're unsure. Oh God, God, how am I going to take care of my family? I don't, I don't know what it is. You, you, more than likely, you know. And if you don't know right now, make sure that you log these notes down and, and remember, this, remember this sermon because there's going to come a time as you grow in your walk with the Lord where God's going to ask something very difficult of you. And you're going to be nervous. You're going to be questioning, God, did, did, did I hear you correctly? God, I can't do that. I can't be a speaker. I can't be a pastor. God, I can't do that. I can't serve in kids' ministry. God, I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, we can find several examples of the Bible of people who said the same thing. Moses is the one who comes to mind. God, I can't do that. I can't, God, I can't speak. I'm not good with words. God says, Moses, who made your mouth? I made it. Moses, do you not think that if I can do all these other things, then I can get you to communicate my message to people? I'm going to just tell you as, as your pastor, and, and I know I've, I've probably said this word way too many times this morning, but I try to always be transparent. I, I'm a real human being. I am not some superpower, supernatural person just because I have a calling upon my life. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not making light of the calling. I thank God for my calling. There are so many things and so many times that I question, God, can I do that? Are you, are you sure? And I struggle. I struggle with whether or not I'm the right guy. I'm the right fit. There, there's even been times, I know I started this church, but you can ask my wife, there have been times when I've questioned, God, am I, am I the right pastor for the refuge? And I struggle. And I have to keep going back to, to God's faithfulness and God's supernatural ability to use people who are weak to do incredible things or to use people who maybe are are shy or or struggle with anxiety or or depression or or fear of speaking so that people know that it's God that's doing the work and not that individual. So I ask you this morning again, where is your Nineveh? Or maybe it's what is your Nineveh? What is God asking you to do this morning that you're nervous about? 
Because whatever he's asking, here's what you need to know. Trust God's assignment. Because where he guides, he will provide. Trust his assignment. Stop running and trust that God will provide. Amen? I want you to close your eyes and bow your head for just a moment. I want to pray over you today. Father, I, I thank you so much, God, for your word. I thank you for the example that we have in the story of Jonah. God, we know that the Bible tells us that all Scripture was given for our learning. To be an inspiration, to motivate us, to discipline us, to show us what is right and how we should respond. God, we know that Jonah was a real individual who struggled with obeying a very difficult assignment. And I'm thankful, God, that as we're going to learn in this story that that you gave Jonah a second chance to, to respond to your calling. And I'm thankful, God, that you used him in a great way. But I'm also thankful, God, that we can see that Jonah wasn't perfect. And that he struggled with real things that we struggle with. I pray this morning, God, that we would learn from his story that even though the assignments that you give us sometimes are very difficult, that we have to trust you. We have to know that you're a faithful God. Lord, give us the boldness, the confidence, and the peace of mind to move forward in the plans and the callings that you have for us. God, for those this morning who are struggling and that they've been nervous and been afraid, God, I pray that this morning that the peace of God that passes all understanding, God, would calm their hearts. That you would build them up this week through the Word of God. Strengthen their hearts, God, to say yes to you. To stop running from the call and say yes. Lord, I pray this morning specifically for people who are running from your mercy and from your grace. God, they they haven't yet surrendered their life to you. God, they're running in the opposite direction. Because maybe they're afraid about giving up some things. They're afraid of losing friends. They're afraid of giving up friendships. Maybe they're too prideful. Lord, I pray that this morning that the love of God and the the mercies of God would grip a hold of their life today and that they would stop running from You and that they would surrender their lives to You. We ask these things today in Jesus' name. Before I dismiss today, I just want to give you a chance to respond. If there's anyone that's in this room today who may be running from God in the sense that you haven't surrendered your life to Him, you haven't made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, You've been trying to live a life on your own with no authority figure in your life. With no submission in your life to the plan of God. You've been trying to figure life out on your own and, and live your own way. And because maybe you just you don't like the idea of, of surrender. But you realize today that what you're doing is running from God. You're running from the call to to be reconciled to your heavenly Father. And today you say, Pastor Scott, I I want to stop running today and I want to surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you, I just want you to simply raise your hand and put it right back down. I want to see if there's one in the room today. Is there one? Yes, sir, I see your hand. I see your hand. I want to ask everyone in this room this morning as we've had an individual to raise their hand. I want to ask everyone to repeat this prayer after me, especially 
the one who raised his hand. I want you to repeat this prayer after me and mean this in your heart today. Jesus, I thank you for the life that you've given me. I'm here today because of your goodness. But I realized this morning that I have not been living my life the way that you desire. And that makes me a sinner. And today, I ask you to forgive me. I acknowledge that you are the only way to heaven. That you're the only way to be made right with God. And I believe in you. I believe that you died in my place for my sin. You took my punishment. And today I accept your free gift of salvation. Forgive me, Jesus. Come into my life and make me new. I surrender my all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, if you said that prayer and believe that in your heart, you have been made right with God. There's no more fear no more condemnation. Now your, your, your goal and your responsibility is to, to, to continue to come to church, get into the Word of God, get into a small group, see our care pastors, get involved in growth track and grow in this relationship. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate with the one who gave their life to Jesus today? Amen.